You're listening to the State of Skull Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. What is up, guys? It is your boy, Age. We are live here on StreamYard, and it's Border Battle Week. And what better way to bring in the Border Battle Week than with our resident Packer fan here at 10K, our boy Kevin Ohm from 3rd and Forever. Kevin, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing I'm doing as well as can be expected. Thank you for having me, AJ. And uh, yeah, I, I usually hear the the token Packer fan, not the resident Packer fan, but I'll take whatever I can get. Uh, it's good to be here. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I mean, it's it's always good to have someone on the other side. It, it makes it too boring and too Homer when it's all Vikings. So mm-hmm. we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're throwing in that flavor. Um, and it's yeah, going to be an interesting border battle, I think. Yeah, we got we got a little crossover going here. And this is I think we're both in a pretty weird spot and we're not where we thought we were going to be at the start of season. And we're not where each of us thought we were going to be kind of even like a week ago, because I think a week ago I thought my team was going to hopefully win and your team was going to lose. And the opposite of that Uh happened where. You guys went out and kind of shocked the world uh, and beat the Niners on Monday night, whereas my team looked like shit against the Denver Broncos and continued a a downward spiral. So it, it's we're all trying to adjust and figure out what the new normal is, and I have a feeling some weird shit's going to happen this week too. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past us. This is sometimes when the teams are kind of meh, it's it can tend to get be a weird game but before yeah. we get into it here i want to talk about our friends at underdog fantasy the easiest way to get some action on sports it's underdog fantasy in their pick'em game just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night underdog keeps it super simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em entry Get every pick right and take home some Codard cash. Use the code 10K and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. I've been saying it all year, guys. If you're not on Underdog Fantasy, you're sleeping, you're lacking. Um, I've been making some bread this week. NBA just mm-hmm. kicked off. I know that's not anything related to football, but NBA <laughs> is so easy. It seems like you know it's kind of easy to get reads right now. Football is, I don't know. I feel like football is so random with shit. Versus mm-hmm. basketball is a little more trustworthy. So, and my brother's big into NBA stuff too. So we've been raking. But uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you get a hundred my... free dollars to work with. I mean, <laughs> exactly. You're not going to find many promotions out there that literally give you a hundred dollars for free. Which means, even if you're not as smart as AJ, you're you're playing with house money at that point. You know, you're right. They gave it to you for free. You might as well, you know, do something. You got to work through that money anyway to pull out mm-hmm. whatever money. So. Yeah, I got well my hundred. Don't ask me if I still have it, but I had it at one point, <laughs> and it was uh, it was a wild ride. Yeah, I mean, prop betting is such a wild ride because uh, even yeah. just like the littlest stuff, like can send you into uh, a frenzy one way or another. But mm-hmm. um, interesting Thursday night football game tonight: Bron- uh, Buccaneers and Bills. 
I think when yeah. they made this at the beginning of the season, they were like, okay, maybe Tom Brady, maybe the Bucks will be decent. And they kind of started out good. I don't know. I feel like they're fate good. But maybe I, the Bills are too. I feel like the Bucks are they're either a good bad team or a bad good team. I, I lean more towards they're a good bad team. I think they have a lot of holes, you know, in terms of personnel. Their offensive line is super beat up. Their defense has issues. And they're they're competent enough where they come out and they can, you know, get a win on the road like early in the season against your Vikings. Um, you know, if things if things line up for them, but they can also go and lose to a Saints, you know, it's kind of that game was disgusting. Yeah, exactly. So they can have real clunkers. I think Baker's better than we thought he would be, but that's a low bar. So it's kind of they're overachieving a little bit, I think, and the the Bills are underachieving by quite a significant margin the last couple of weeks. I feel like with the Bills, they have just so such lofty expectations for them. Like mm-hmm. it's basically Super Bowl or bust, and they haven't been to the AFC Championship game in almost two years. So it's like, yeah. And it, I feel like Diggs it's is a getting problem. dire. <laughs> it's it's getting really dire. It's getting to the point where like if they don't get there in the next year or two, it's going to mm-hmm. be like blow it up because it's not working. And yeah, I have to do that. Yeah, and you'll you'll keep you know the Josh Allen and you know maybe a couple pieces in that case. But yeah, I was kind of we were talking about this on Third and Forever this week, and I mentioned that uh, you know the Bills are kind of like a really you know rundown you know not not nice house, right? with like two Maseratis in the driveway that are Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. <laughs> and besides that, I mean, I'm well-documented in my hatred of Gabe Davis. Uh, you know, James Cook is fine. The defense is riddled with injuries. It's like those two guys, if they're not clicking, nothing's clicking, you know, and it's, it's kind of, it's interesting to see a team that's so one dimensional in that respect. Right. Yeah. I totally get that there. That's, that's a good analogy. Uh, yeah. A couple of things I'm liking tonight as far as props. Baker Mayfield, 33 and a half passing attempts. I feel like either way, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Baker mm-hmm. has been smashing that line as of late. I think he's like last five has hit three. So that's something I like there. And yep. then, you know, got to trust the wagon. Diggs fantasy, 18 and a half. I'm seeing an 18 on underdog straight. Uh, Dalton Kincaid as well, 10 fantasy. So a couple of things there if you're sprinkling in some prop bets for tonight. There's a night football. Going to be a weird game, but... Yeah, Uh, but yeah, it'll be Thursday night football. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. It (laughs) Thursday night football has earned that reputation, so I guess it just makes perfect sense. Yeah, but uh, we're about a week, and we're it's in Lambo. We're starting it out there, so we won't Mm -hmm. have the the BS where we're having to the Vikings (laughs) are having going to Lambo when it's like. 30 some degrees you guys won't have to hang out in the the snow or you know the the whipping cold through the bowl there and stuff like that you guys will have a nice 70 degree game uh at the end of december against the packers but it'll be you know it'll be indoors and stuff like that but i don't know i a lot of packer fans will tell you that you know the packers they you know it's their thing and they love to play outside and oh yeah i wish it was colder i don't know that's true I think that used to be true, right. but I mean, all these guys, they don't live in in Green Bay year round. They go somewhere else as soon as they can. It's cold and, you know, not super fun. So it's like, I, I don't know if it really matters a whole lot one way or the other, but either way, you guys don't have to deal with it this year. That's true. That's true. I mean, 
have you have you been to Lambo? I've assumed you've been to Lambo before. Yeah, but... I've been to Lambo a handful of times. Uh, the most recent one uh, was the Packers Vikings uh, at the end of or kind of towards the middle end of last year, where it was. Or was it was it two years ago? Yeah, it was two years ago because it was no Devontae Kirk. Adams. It was his last touchdown in Lambo. I remember I saw it. So like that's so it was two years ago, and it was when Kirk got COVID right before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that was that was a fun game to watch. It was colder than hell. I had like 15 layers on, and there were dudes in front of me shirtless. But um, yeah, that wow. was it was fun. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, big blowout win which was nice um didn't didn't know i was watching that last Devonte adams lambeau field touchdown at the time but um yeah it was it was good yeah i'm pretty sure he cooked us that game that was like that was a season of games where it was like oh it's over yep. like the cowboys game on thanksgiving when they beat us with cooper rush i was earning mm-hmm. halloween i was like oh it's over like mike zimmer's done <laughs> but i was like eh, like you know we can't know until we know that game was like the nail in the coffin mm-hmm. i didn't even like i was done watching after the first quarter because i was yeah. like yep been there done that like i and i'm, I'm not like that like i'll sit and watch the whole game but mm-hmm. not when we're getting blown out that's the same thing last year too when we went out to Lambeau and you guys just like trucked us and mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is looking like old Aaron Rodgers again. And I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is looking like old Aaron Rodgers. Justin Jefferson is literally hitting an official on accident with his helmet. Rage. But I mean, yeah, there was, there were some feelings wrapped up in that game last year and I would love to see a repeat. However, this is not the Packers team that we saw last year. I think in a lot of ways, the Vikings are, more similar to themselves last year and that I think last year they overachieved and this year they're underachieving in terms of record. But this Packers team is the youngest, I'm pretty sure still in the NFL by a decent margin. And they look like it. I don't know how much, I don't know how much Packers you've watched this season, AJ. Um, I try and pay attention Mm -hmm. when they're on red zone. I didn't watch too much of the, Packers Raiders game. They're not on red zone a whole lot. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Not, <laughs> especially the first half. They do not seem to, uh, as the kids say, score points, which I've heard is important in football. Yeah. That'd um, be, that would help. Yeah. They, they are, they are dysfunctional is a good way to put it. And it's really, it's causing problems this year. When you look at, uh, the offensive line, a little bit banged up, missing both tackles, Bakhtiari out for the season. And then you look at every skill position, setting aside the two running backs who are not you know, first or second year players, everyone else, the tight ends, all the receivers are either in their first or second year in the NFL. And that's one of those things that sounds good in the preseason. You know, like it sounds like, oh, we're getting young, we're getting cheap, we're, you know, being smart. Then you see it on the field, and it's guys making mistakes. It's guys fucking up their blocking assignments. Two dudes running the same route and standing right next to each other on third down. It's been it's been growing pains, is what I'm going to say. It certainly looks like that. I mean, it doesn't help when your best two skill players haven't been there. Like Aaron Jones gets hurt week one with that hamstring. Yep. Christian Watson, I mean, missed the first couple, th- three or four games, and then has been mm-hmm. really lackluster since he got back in yeah. there. Ever I since he got back, part. he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't really done a whole lot since he got back, which is 
a big problem because he's supposed to be taking that second year step, you know? Right. I feel like his role has been running it over coverage and then have Jordan Love throw an interception because that's how the last couple games have ended. Yeah, his his kind of deep burner. And I, I think that, you know, he's you said you say he's back from the hamstring, which is true. I don't know if he's kind of effectively back in terms of, you know, his whole shtick is kind of being a burner. And I don't know if he has that top gear at the moment still. I think he's he's working his way back from that. I mean, Hammy's famously linger. And so you're right. A lot of it ends up being, you know, desperation, third and 20 type of stuff that, you know, it's just an interception factory at that point because you're trying to force something that isn't there. So, yeah, it's not it's not what I wanted to see this year. I'll tell you that, AJ. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you touched on that, you know, you said coming into the season, we both mm-hmm. kind of thought that, you know, we would be at a better point, but it hasn't mm-hmm. looked great, but we still have room to get there. What were your expectations coming in? Because I know Jordan Love, like, there's uh-huh. a lot of promise there, a lot of potential first round pick, but he's had limited playing time so far up to this point. He sat and watched, like, what were your expectations? Like, what did you really think about your team coming into this year? Yeah, and I thought, I guess I I had assumed that the team around Jordan Love would execute to a better extent because I think that we've kind of seen two Jordan Loves this season. We've seen, you know, to a certain degree, kind of week one, week two Jordan Love, where he looked pretty good. He had like six touchdowns and one pick or something like that. I mean, he you know, he was one and one. We didn't beat the Falcons, but... Um, you know, he, he looked a lot better, showed a lot of promise. I was excited. Now you have the last three or four weeks here where we're looking at a Jordan love that, you know, low completion percentage, low yardage, the, the interceptions have gone up. The touchdowns have gone down. He kind of, he looks a little skittish in the pocket. Sometimes it seems like he kind of drifts into pressure and makes throws harder than they have to be. And there's, there's a lot of stuff like that. And the the worst part is that I can't tell if it's Jordan Love or if it's the situation, you know, because we, we kind of talk about, you know, people talk about Brock Purdy and how, you know, everything around Brock Purdy is phenomenal. And they use that to discount Brock Purdy. And in that same vein, I'm not saying Jordan Love is awesome. I'm still in the evaluation, but it's hard to tell because everyone around him is also fucking up. So he throws an interception. And maybe the guy ran the wrong route. Maybe the guys, you know, didn't pick up a a free blitzer or something like that and force this throw early. So we're just kind of in limbo, which would be fine with a normal rookie quarterback. But for the Packers, it's not because he's not a rookie quarterback. He needs to have his contract re-upped at the end of either this season or next. So the window is pretty limited in terms of an evaluation. And we're not really getting a good one. So I, that that's kind of that's a way too long answer to say that I'm not sure, but I'm concerned. Right. And I, I have a feeling I don't know if I'm going to feel better after this weekend. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, he's looked like like you said, good start, six mm-hmm. touchdowns. Those wide receivers, they're working with a lot of youth like. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a veteran. They've all left because they went and joined Aaron Rodgers out in New York. But <laughs> they're working with a yeah. lot of young guys. So, I mean, all the wide receivers, Reed, Dobbs, Watson, yep. they're all super young. Musgrave is a rookie tight end. Like, 
it's and, gonna there, be and there's flashes on yeah there's flashes with all yeah. those guys but you see it when you when you look at the tape after the fact and you say you know this guy Jaden reed you know he caught the ball yes but he didn't run a very good route or musgrave ends up wide open which has happened a couple times this season and just kind of panics in the open field and maybe he catches it but he loses his feet um you know stuff like that you know false starts just just silly mistakes and things like that that make it hard for this this offense to really execute and i i have a feeling getting into the uh the matchup here this weekend the vikings blitz i'm not exaggerating like 90 percent of plays you guys are maniacs it's fun to watch Flores is it's so fun to watch absolute madman and i have a feeling that the Packers collective youth, whether that's checks from Jordan love or, you know, missed assignments from the offensive line or what, what have you, I don't think that's going to translate well to the Packers in this game. I I'm bracing for the worst. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I didn't really think about that aspect of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Vikings are blitzing a ton. It is a complete 180 from what we saw last year in the Ed Dottatel shell, sit down and <laughs> not do anything, play with your hands tied behind your back yeah. kind of defense. So don't, it's super refreshing. Just give up. Don't know, give up the big play. Just team medium just, plays. Yeah. <laughs> just make Daniel Jones look like Michael Vick. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, But yeah, Flores, I mean, this defense, and I was concerned. My big thing this year with them has been the secondary. Like, mm-hmm. can when the blitz comes and you're playing these good quarterbacks, can mm-hmm. these corners do enough when they're on an island with a star wide receiver? Like, I'm very scared for us to face Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams down the line. But if mm-hmm. this defense keeps getting better and doing what they need to do, it's going to look good. I think they had a good game against Brock Purdy. I feel like the interceptions were more on Brock Purdy just being like haywire yeah. than well, did you see us making the, a play. Uh, but did, did you see the the – a kind of news update that Purdy on the on the plane ride back got put in the concussion protocol. He was displaying concussion symptoms. I and did see that. So they, somebody kind of found, you know, they're trying to figure out where it happened. Not to take away from the, I'm not trying to shit on the Vikings, I promise. Yeah, yeah, for I'm, sure. not, I'm not I'm not trying. I'm just kind of it, Don't it, come it, on my it, show and be that guy. <laughs> it's interesting that you know, he, they think he got it on one of those kind of tush push QB sneak type of things. Yeah, I saw that but, clip. Before that, he was like 16 to 20 for a touchdown and, you know, a bunch of yards. And after that, he was like 30% passing and two interceptions. And yeah, two or like six. That. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's neither here nor there necessarily. But um, I, I just thought that was interesting. But regardless, I mean, the Vikings looked more than competent. You know, if you can if you can shut down the Niners, I think you can shut down the Packers this year if you're. If you're just going one to one week to week, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, uh, I don't see a ton of hope on my side of things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I hadn't really thought honestly about the matchup this weekend. Like mm. it's cause I always feel like these matchups are kind of weird. Like you come in and things are kind of sleepy and you don't really know if it's going to go either way. I don't, I feel like the last time we really kind of, Put it to you guys is when Dalvin Cook had four touchdowns in the COVID year, and even then, you guys had a chance mm-hmm. to win that game. So, yeah, no, well, it's and, it's and that's one of those. And the the only hope I think that I have here, the only kind of narrative that I can craft that gives me a, a sunny picture for the Packers is that the Vikings are going to come in complacent because why wouldn't they? Right. Because the Packers, as we covered, have looked like shit the last month, and they just beat the 49ers. 
and they're coming in on a short week thinking they're hot shit and still no JJ, which, you know, we, we could talk about Addison looked good on Monday, but it's definitely Amazing. not, it, it's definitely not better to not have JJ. And that's, that's kind of the only thing I can think of is that the Vikings kind of come in unfocused and maybe, you know, the Packers could punch him in the mouth, but we haven't been good at, you know, punching teams in the mouth in general this year. So that's, that's all that was I got. what I was looking. That's what I was looking for last week. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? The Packers, they got Denver. Like they're going to come in. They're going to hang 30 on them. They're going to beat their ass. And yep. instead it was like stumble walking, but like the Broncos were like, Oh, do we want to mm-hmm. win? I don't know. Well, and that's, so. that's the worst part of the Packers is that, you know, we've talked about the offensive issues, but the defense and our defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel play or no, not Ed. Jeez, that was a Freudian slip right there. <laughs> Our defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, who is very similar to Ed Donatel, um, he plays that same style of offense, the bend don't break, which is code for just let them you know, complete seven-yard passes all the way down the field uh, defense until they score. So, you know, the Packers kind of, you know, they get in the red zone, and then maybe they buckle down and they only let up a field goal, but that means there's no urgency on offense either. So it's kind of the worst of both worlds. Right. Yeah, I know you guys are pretty banged up on that side. What's because I'm kind of like defensively, yeah. it hasn't been there, but I don't want to like I don't want to have this be the week of all weeks where I'm like, oh, we're gonna go in there and hang forty on them because then yeah. Jair could show up and be like, oh, I'm ready to go and <laughs> completely lock down Addison after he looked like an all pro player last week. I don't really know what to make of that. Yeah, well, like, Jair has been banged up for a number of weeks now. He kind of he missed a week, and then he was back, and then after the bye week, and then he missed the Broncos game, so he got worse yeah. over the bye. I'm not sure, and he's still limited in practice, so that's up in the air. Um, I think we're down a, either one or two starting safeties. Darnell Savage got put on IR like yesterday, something like that. Um, and then another cornerbacks, Eric Stokes is either out or on IR and, um, there's the banged up secondary is what I would say. Um, and given the way that I think Kirk remembered what Kirk Tober is this week, that, uh, it, it, it gives me some concern because Kirk has been playing really well this year. You know, I, I, I'm well documented in my lukewarmness over Kirk in general, but, I can't deny that he has he he was slinging it last night, throwing throwing touchdowns that should have been interceptions, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that was a tough ball. <laughs> I went back and looked at the replay. I was like, "There's no like that needs to be mm-hmm. out in front on the seam." Yeah, Addison runs with that. Like, there's I, I don't know. So sometimes he makes weird throws like that, and then the other times it's like, "Oh my God, Kirk, where did you just come out with that crazy ass dot out of nowhere?" So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like. The only thing for me is the run game has really, really struggled to get going. Like Carolina is the only game where you could go back and be like, okay, it looked cool, good. And mm-hmm. then the next week, it just looks terrible. I think last week was a good sign because Madison did decent and Cam Akers really popped. And everyone's like, well, is Cam Akers going to take this over? Mm-hmm. I don't really want one of them to be the primary beneficiary of all the targets and carries i just want someone to be good and have it be enough of a threat because kirk is yeah insane when that play action is working so maybe this is the week the run game gets going but i don't know yeah i mean it it could be and i i did notice that too on monday that you know the the 
kind of split breakdown between Madison and Akers seemed a lot more even than it's been so far. And the Kevin O'Connell too, I think is one of those, those, those newer coaches, especially, you know, the McVay type guys do like to generally have some of that, you know, one, a one B type of running back philosophy. Um, and I, I think that, you know, people were surprised by the Cam Akers trade, and I kind of was too, especially because you guys got him for like a fart in the wind three years from now. Yeah, like I don't – it was ridiculous. But <laughs> um, it's like why even trade him? At this? Just cut it's him. It's because like, Sean McVay hates Cam Akers. Yeah, it's like it's more paperwork to trade him, just cut him. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it, it, it almost seems like Madison maybe needed a little bit of a jolt too of, cause there was, there's no one behind him. You know, it seems like the organization is not confident in uh, Wang Wu and uh, who Ty Chandler. I mean, I don't know who else is even back there for you yeah. guys, but yeah, it mm -hmm. seemed like now there's some, <laughs> there's some legitimate competition for touches in the offense, which is probably not a bad thing. Well, Wangu hasn't even played this year. His game is more kick return, mm -hmm. and I don't, I, I don't think he's even played at all. He's been dealing with an injury of some sort. I don't know exactly what it is. I'm such a bad fan, but uh, <laughs> Ty Chandler, I feel like he's good, mm -hmm. and he did a couple. He had a couple pass plays. He had that he had, he had hype in the pass the across the field that got called back on a KJ Osborne PI. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. Tons he had of hype, hype in the offseason, but, they just, but it just they didn't really seem like the organization the liked him. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, you know that's something that you know, I can relate to. We talked about Aaron Jones, who I think will play in this game, but he's still kind of wishy-washy in practices and stuff like that. And behind him, you have AJ Dillon. How it's been like two months. Hamstrings, like, dude. And then what? Well, and the worst part about hamstrings is that guys hurt their hamstring, and they should sit out for like a month, and they don't want to do that. So they come back too early and then they, you know, kind of re-aggravate it. And we get this whole cycle where if they would have just sat out, they would have gotten back a hundred percent a lot faster, but that that's not right. what football players want to do. They want to go out there. They want to compete. And he is hands down our best player on offense at the moment. It's, it's not even really that close. So when he's out there, they're, they're an entirely different football team. Yeah, I think that's really the only thing I'm worried about. Like, if he goes out and plays and plays like we everyone knows that he can, it's mm. going to be a tight game because Aaron Jones has played pretty well historically against the Vikings. So, yep. I well, and it's, it's going to be a tight game. You guys. Yeah, it's going to be a tight game regardless, AJ, because this is the Minnesota Vikings we're talking about. You guys are physically incapable yep. of winning or losing by more than a score, it seems like. I just want it to be different for like two weeks. Like, no. why is it like this for two years straight? What's going on? So are you are you fully back it's in like... on the Vikings this season? I know I, I think it seemed like the Vikings fan base hit a low point um after the oh, loss to man. shit. Who was it? It was right after it was a loss to the uh the Chiefs, right? And then JJ went on IR and it seemed like you know, season was pretty much shit out of luck at that point. But now there's been a little bit of a of a pushback with the Niners win. So where are you at with the Vikings long term? Yeah, it got it got really doomsday <laughs> it got in, dark. after that Chiefs game. Just because <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't expect us to beat them anyway, but it was just like 
okay, we lose another close game that we maybe should have and dumb mistakes mm-hmm. that keep happening. And then JJ goes yep. out and it's like, oh my God. I feel like Vikings Twitter and just all of the, any fan that's some, somewhat negative and somewhat doomsday mm-hmm. just makes everything a thousand times worse when anything bad happens. So I was yeah. like, man, like I was like, oh my God, like how am I going to hop on here and like do this for a whole season, bro? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Now we beat the 49ers. We're back. It, it yep. Wheels up. Like I feel good just because like if we get through this stretch without JJ, you win this game, Falcons next week, and then he comes back against the Saints. I feel really good because, I mean, it's a soft schedule until you get to pass the bye, which then it really mm-hmm. turns up. But if we can put together our best football from now until the bye going mm-hmm. in, I think it's going to be like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Sunday also proved that the Lions are not as good as everyone thinks they are. I don't, I haven't talked shit about them at all this year because I respect their game, but <laughs> maybe they're just not who everyone thought they were like Kyle Brandt yeah. was like the Lions are the best team in the NFL I'm like whoa so I think there's a chance <laughs> that the Vikings can make this interesting for sure yeah I think I think you're right and I mean I still think I think the Lions got a little out over their skis in terms of you know people say act like you've been there before with the Lions and they quite literally have not ever been there before um, you know, at least in the last like Never. 30 years. Yeah. Like since the NFC North became a thing, they haven't really been there. So I think that what we saw this last week was the culmination of, you know, a lot of reading your own headlines and your, your clippings and stuff like that from the lions. And I think they are a good football team, but they <laughs> went out there thinking they were, you know, going to roll. And that's, that's never a good mindset to have, but yeah, I guess, so you're, it sounds like you're still, you know, believing the Vikings can make the playoffs. And after that, who knows what happens? You don't want to trade Kirk, which I know was a big circulating point, like even as, as soon as a week ago. Okay. Marlo asked me after the Chiefs game or the Chargers game, and I'm so mad that I ever like <laughs> entertained that with my logical, like neutral minds. Because mm-hmm. it's it's just dumb. Like this is not the NBA where like someone could go to another team and be like playing in a week and like yeah we're good we're humming blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. like we'll figure it out. Like that's not how football works, especially as a quarterback, especially with Kirk's autism brain. Uh, it just <laughs> that wouldn't be a thing that would ever. Yeah. Work. So. Um, yeah, and and that's something that like what are you, you what know. are you picking? Oh, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Finish. I just uh, I was going to say, I, I always thought that was kind of funny, too, because, you know, like you said, you go to a different system. It's hard to learn. And at least from like a Kirk being Kirk standpoint, like he he is not one of these improv Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes run around and make something happen kind of guys. He is a structure. He is a, you know, first read, second read, third read kind of guy. And when you go to a different system, maybe it's similar, but I think there's going to be growing pains for a guy like that. You know, I think you could put Mahomes on any team in the NFL and he would be Patrick Mahomes still. But if you traded Kirk to the Jets today, it would take, you know, a month for him to get comfortable in that system. Yeah, a month minimum. Like it's just <laughs> he he thrives on that comfortability, I feel like. And he hasn't mm-hmm. had that here in Minnesota until this year. Like yeah. it's so crazy that this is his first time in Minnesota having the same offense two years in a row. So Yeah, that is um, nuts. Going out we're going out to Lambeau Field. 
We're going out to Lambeau Field this week, me and the boys, me and the head boys. Uh, <laughs> do you have any tips, advice for going to Lambeau Field? Any, like, places that I should go to or, yeah, anything like that? Yeah, I would say that, you know, when you go out to Lambeau Field, you know, on a game day and you guys are picking probably a good time, you know, it just worked out, I guess, because the Vikings, but it's a good time of the year to go do it. You know, it's not going to be hot. It's not going to be brutally cold either. You're probably going to get some nice sweatshirt weather. And what I would say is, um, you know, just kind of like it it sounds cliche, but have fun and go with the tailgate stuff. There's so much stuff going on inside Lambeau field. There's so many places and bars and things like that, because what you have at Lambeau that you don't get in a uh, quote unquote real city, like Minneapolis is there's this super kind of interesting phenomenon where the whole town is kind of geared around Lambeau field. You're going to notice it when you drive in, that it's like you can see the roads that lead to Lambo. They look nicer than the roads that don't lead to Lambo. It's like down to the <laughs> down to the bricks in the bridges. That's like this That's is crazy. what this town is for. So there's hotels, there's you know bars and restaurants and stuff like that all around Lambo. I'd say you guys should check out the fence across the field from Lambo where some of the townhouses are that you can rent. That's always got a nice mural on it that, you know, you guys might not appreciate, but uh, it's still something worth seeing. But no, I think, I think you guys should get drunk. I think you guys should make a lot of content. I wish I, uh, I wish I could be there because it sounds like fun, but uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be live streaming it up in the studio and keeping it warm. Yeah, keep the studio warm for us. Uh, we got a hotel like mm-hmm. fifteen minute walk away from Lambo, and it was wow. so much money. Um, well, those but, things you know, they whatever. sell out. Like yeah, that, yeah. that's there, there's something to be said too about uh, there's some dirty little secret about the NFL schedule. Before the schedule comes out, usually you know, kind of right before it comes out, all the home game weeks at those hotels book up. So somebody's telling somebody about the the schedule before it comes out. It happens every year, but that's what I'm talking about where it's like, you know, we, we talk about like sending a game to London and some teams might lose a home game. That's like the city of green Bay losing like 10% of its GDP that year. Like it's a big deal. The whole town circulates around this football team. So I don't know. I think you guys are, it's going to be a different vibe. I think than the Vikings games, Uh, you know, I've been to a couple, you know, games out where we hang out outside of us bank and it's uh, it's fun and it's good, but I think it's a little bit different in Lambo. So I'm curious what you guys are going to think of it when you get down there. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about, I mean, downtown Minneapolis, it's bustling Mm -hmm. us bank stadium, all that energy, all that noise, all the hype at the, you know, it's going to be a different vibe for sure. And I've been to yeah. a couple of road stadiums, but this one is a little bit different just because of <laughs> everything around it. So, yeah, there, there's millions of people in Minneapolis that don't give a fuck about the Vikings. <laughs> there are maybe 20 people in the city of Green Bay that don't care about the Packers. And I don't know what they're doing there. It's it's just different. And you'll see that, you know, when you get there, not to sound like a, a snooty Packer fan. It's just different, but it, it is different. <laughs> Uh, Adam, oh, Adam's popping up thinking. in the chat. <laughs> he's, yeah, this he's was watching. like 20 minutes ago. I don't even know if he's here. I was, was, I don't, I'm so bad at oh. watching the comments sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about what drunk player we're going to see from Jordan love this week, because we, we have a joke on third and forever that we get one just drunk play from Jordan love once a week. Like if you saw the Falcons game or he, 
he did a QB sneak without hiking the ball. So he just kind of fell over his center and nobody else moved. Um, I saw that. Yeah, that was, oh was not good for the gifts. That's he, he can't be having gift worthy plays like that. And the, I think then the next week we ran like a, uh, you know, throw it out to the side and then throw it back to the quarterback type of thing. So he like a double pass. But the the running back threw it back to him terribly, so he had to like try and pick it up off the ground and like broke both of his ankles and fell down trying. It was yeah, he, he gets one every week, and it's oh, uh, you just gotta wait for it. <laughs> I think we're gonna see a drunk play this week. I some way or another, I don't know how because that 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 stuff can't be predictable. But maybe we'll see a drunk touchdown. Maybe it'll be good. My boy Dave's think we trade for RB before the trade deadline. Um, I wouldn't, I went out and banged my fist on the table. I was like, go get Jonathan Taylor. And then everyone was like, no, that's stupid. And I was like, I, okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> but I'm just trying to be different. You, you now guys, I'm like, I don't know. Ramondre Stevenson, that would be super sexy. Like what? You, you guys know why you won't do that though? Because you already did that. And even though Cam wow. Akers is not like a sexy trade, you know, the, the organization is going to say, well, look, we did that. We got the help that we think we needed. We're not going to pay through the nose for a Derrick Henry when, you know, we have these guys that we like. So I, I would be shocked. A Derrick Henry rental with Justin Jefferson. I mean, then it's turning into the NBA where it's like, all right, yeah, we're going to get these guys at the deadline and we're really going to make a push and then we'll see what, what happens. I don't know. I feel like that yeah. style of acquiring people in is I, I feel like that just doesn't work for football. So yeah, I, no, don't, I wouldn't I expect wouldn't it. it. I, I, I think, think it can already... work, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would be, I'd right. be absolutely shocked. <laughs> I think we used up our lucky chips on the trade magic when we got Hawkinson last year. So mm. I think that was our big move because now it's just, you know, get the team going and, get right so we'll kind of wrap it up here what do you have for score prediction score prediction and this is where i'm going to come off as a shitty fan but we've been talking about it the whole time i'm trying to be more realistic about my boys this year i started off the season on a uh, somewhat unrealistic you know expectations this is new territory for me i'm a packer fan i'm not used to this all right it's been pretty good for a pretty long time for me um, so with that said, my score prediction, I'm going to go 1727 Vikings, I think, or yeah. So Vikings win by 10 points. Um, I think you guys, I think it's only like a one point favorite that you guys are going into Lambo right now, which I think is kind of crazy. I would expect them to cover right. that pretty easily. Um, cause I just, I don't know until I see it from these Packers, but for all the reasons that we talked about, I just can't. I can't allow myself to get my hopes up. Adam's going to tell you that I'm reverse jinxing it, but I promise you, this is my honest opinion. <laughs> how about, how about I believe you? you. you think? I thank you for bringing your <laughs> honest opinion to the show. Um, I think the Packers opened up as a one point favorite and then it was kind of, angry. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, I think that they the opened as a one point favorite for the Niners game and everyone went, Oh, wait a minute. I th yeah, I think you're right there. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. What What about you? Because now the Vikings. Um, I I'm pretty similar on your train. I'm gonna say 27-20 Vikings, just because I was like, 
I every week I'm like, you know what? We're going to break the one score narrative. We're going to break the one score narrative. And it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so I'm going to take a page from your book, do the mm-hmm. reverse jinx, say yeah. we'll win by a score, and then maybe it'll be different. Hopefully it will. But yeah. I, I don't want to sound cocky, but I don't – like I said, I don't really know if I – like if Aaron Jones comes back and plays like how he should, I yeah. think that's the only way you guys win. Otherwise, eh, but I don't know. So, I mean, if we look at the last seven days, it should be fun. It should not. It should not be a, a controversial statement to say that the Vikings, you know, are expected to win this game. Yeah, that it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. It is going to be a great weekend this week. Uh, Vikings at Packers. So, Kevin, thank you for joining me, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Uh, We'll see you later, guys. Thanks for listening.